And a very good afternoon on this Thursday. It is Thursday, September 23rd, 2021. And we are live this afternoon from the esteemed Alan Carter Studios. Uh, that's because uh, I'm actually using the radio booth up at our uh, Barber Green location. Uh, of course, uh, Global uh, Television, they've got uh, several locations uh, in Toronto. Uh, one down at the waterfront where we usually are, and that's where uh, Dave is behind the controls there at uh, Chorus Key. And then we've got uh, Global's had these studios here like forever. I mean, these are really historic uh, studios. Uh, Mary, I don't know if you know this or recall this, but SCTV, as a matter of fact, way back in the uh, 70s, they actually uh, did the uh, first few years, I believe, of uh, Second City uh, Television out of this facility uh, right here in Don Mills. Wow, that's a magical place. That is truly mm-hmm. a magical place. If SCTV was there, there's lots of great, you know, performance dust uh, that everybody can pick up on. That's cool. Also, and I, you know what? I just uh, saw this in the uh, back uh, room. I'll get to why I'm here in a second. But uh, they've also got some old set pieces from uh, Bumper Stumpers. I was like, oh, no. Do you remember that game show, Bumper Stumpers? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think I was on Bumper Stumpers. <laughs> I was like, wow, what a uh, time machine this place is. What a uh, time trip. So uh, now we do the morning show and usually do the radio show here on 640 uh, Toronto. And of course, you're listening to us this afternoon on 900 CHML in Hamilton and 980 CFPL in London. But we are normally down at the Waterfront Studios. But uh, I had to come up here today to do um, uh, one of those things they make you do in TV, uh, a photo shoot. I just, I I love the photo shoot. It's so much fun because uh, you uh, get in front of the uh, camera, they they take your picture a bunch of times, and then, uh, Mm -hmm. of course, now, because you don't have to wait for the film to develop anymore, you you see things right away, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, can I just say, uh, I have uh, never looked more (laughs) middle-aged. Well, what can I say, my friend? You have a face for radio. I mean, uh, (laughs) I'm sure they're very handsome, all the pictures. (laughs) Well, you know, once they get done uh, with the filters and everything else and they work their magic behind the scenes, I'm sure they'll uh, be fine. Coming to a uh, global website near you soon, I'm sure, are these uh, new photos. By the way, uh, here in the Alan Carter Radio Studio, uh, the chair Alan has, has he ever talked about the chair before? No, he hasn't. Tell us about the chair. Oh, my, now, now I know why AC just sounds so smooth, so suave, so debonair on the air all the time. Because he's got, like, basically a lazy boy in here. I mean, this is really something. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a, it's obus form, heavy-duty padding, comes right up, cradles your neck. Uh, like, honestly, um, I could fall asleep in this chair. Don't fall asleep, Jeff. Don't no. fall asleep. We're doing a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. No. No, no sleep, I promise. But, uh, hey, listen, we got a lot to cover this afternoon, so uh, eyes wide open and away we go. And we're going to start with uh, day two of the vaccine passport program here in Ontario. I don't know about uh, day one for either of you, uh, Dave or Mary. Have either of you been somewhere where you've ha- had to show proof of vaccination yet? Yeah, I went yesterday for breakfast and um, no no problem whatsoever. Yep, here's your ID, here's your passport, and or sorry, your certificate. And then, all right, where do you want to sit? It took two seconds. Nice. Okay. Mary, how about you? Have you had to use it yet? Nope. Nope. I have not gone anywhere because uh, I've got everything ready. I've got all uh, my, you know, documents. I've got all my papers downloaded, ready to go on my phone. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I think I'm going to take the leap either later today or tomorrow and 
I'm sure it'll be super easy. Just, mm-hmm. You know, here it is, and go on and enjoy your meal. Okay, well, let's uh, find out how easy it has been. We're only 24 hours in, but joining us now is Daniel Seifayani, who is with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, and he joins us now for more on this here on Global News Radio. Daniel, good afternoon. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. All right. Uh, first off, what have you been hearing from the Chamber uh, members? Again, we're only a, a day in, but how did day one generally uh, roll out? Look, it's uh, still very early days, and many of our members are still looking for additional guidance as it relates to you know things like implementation, enforcement, uh, the other piece of this, which is the workplace vaccination policies for employees. Uh, but we have to understand that the vaccine passport is already generating enormous positive dividends for Ontario. So we, along with Quebec, British Columbia, have significantly higher vaccination rates than those that have uh, resisted a passport system, namely uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan. And you know, even since our passport system was announced uh, early in September, nearly 300,000 Ontarians have uh, rolled up their sleeves uh, and went to get their first jab. All right. So when you say it is uh, giving positive dividends, is that because uh, you believe, does the Ontario Chamber of Commerce believe, uh, Daniel, that this really is the key to making sure that we don't have to lock down again something that, uh, you know, many businesses, uh, if any, can uh, really afford? I mean, absolutely. I mean, we uh, we all want to go back to normal uh, without another province wide shutdown. Um, Vaccine passports, clarity on workplace policy, uh, you know, rapid testing, these will all help us, you know, actually regain our rights and freedoms while mitigating against the risk of another shutdown. You know, it's been a, it's been a long and fraught 18 months uh, for businesses, uh, particularly a lot of small businesses. Um, and, and look, no business wants to be the cop or potentially turn away customers. But at the same time, uh, no business wants to be shut down uh, again, and we know that this is one of the tools that we have on the table to prevent that. As imperfect as it might be, uh, it's better than nothing. Yeah. What are you hearing from chamber members and from uh, business owners when it comes to just how communicative the government has been uh, regarding this uh, rollout? Has enough uh, information and support been given generally to business owners, do you believe? We've seen some progress on this front, but there are still some major gaps that remain. Um, and, uh, you know, we're continuing to uh, advocate for, you know, additional supports and guidance to uh, effectively implement vaccine passports. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of questions on business owners' minds. You know, how should they verify the authenticity of paper receipts that could be easily doctored? You know, how will... Uh, enforcement work? You know, is there going to be financial support for business owners that uh, might need to look to hire additional staff or invest further uh, in the technology for implementing uh, the eventual digital version of the certificate? Uh, but above all, I think one of the major gaps that remains is, is further guidance around workplace vaccination policies for employees. And, you know, hopefully yesterday's statement from the Ontario Human Rights Commission uh, uh, provides a little bit of impetus for the government to, to move on this. Uh, they took the position that mandating and requiring proof of vaccination to protect people at work or when receiving services is generally permissible under the Ontario Human Rights Code, as long as some protections are put in place uh, for those who are unable to get uh, vaccinated. Yeah, generally speaking, has there been too much of the onus put on businesses and business owners to uh, make sure that their uh, customers are fully uh, vaccinated? 
Has government provided enough support? Because we've seen stories over the last uh, day or two of several businesses, uh, in particular restaurants, who have decided, well, we're going to do away with indoor dining for now and just do uh, takeout once again. They're going to resume with takeout only because you don't need that uh, vaccine a passport or certificate to get to takeout. So is there too much onus, do you believe, uh, Daniel, does the Chamber of Commerce think have been put on business owners? Uh, look, a- anytime there's a, a situation in which there's a, a lack of evidence, um, that is going to uh, put a disproportionate amount of burden on the individual businesses to create, implement, and uh, enforce their own rules. And that's obviously going to have an acute impact on smaller businesses that um, aren't as well resourced be able to uh, to do such a thing. Um, but that's one of the reasons why we'd like to see um, that $1 billion figure that the federal government waived around just prior to the federal election, uh, which was intended to help provinces implement uh, vaccine passports. Uh, well, now that the federal election is behind us and that Ontario is implementing uh, a vaccine passport, we'd like those dollars expeditiously distributed to help with the implementation of this, particularly um, in instances like you're referring to, in which, uh, you know, the burden of verification and implementation um, is is going to fall to that frontline staff um, of those businesses. Just finally, Daniel, I wanted to ask you, too, about uh, we've heard, uh, you know, there's some controversy around this when it comes to businesses interacting with the customers. I mean, even prior, uh, prior sorry, to the vaccine uh, passport, that there's uh, been problems between employees of the establishment and customers. So what would your message be to those that are going to maybe head out this uh, weekend, this coming weekend, to maybe their favorite uh, restaurant or head to their uh, favorite store? Look, uh, it's important that everyone remain patient with business owners uh, that are doing their best under difficult circumstances to implement a vaccine certificate. Uh, There's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be bumps along the way. Uh, But by and large, other jurisdictions that have introduced this are seeing results, uh, many actually using vaccine passports as a way to loosen some public health restrictions, for instance, increasing capacity limits for indoor dining. Uh, There's always going to be resistance from some, Jeff, uh, but it's also worth noting another angle of this, which actually hasn't gotten a lot of play in the press, which is we're hearing from a lot of businesses and sectors that haven't been included in the vaccine passport policy wanting to be included so that they can ensure the safety of their place of businesses uh, and uh, ensure the safety of their staff while also mitigating against potential uh, legal ramifications or backlash from the public. Okay, that that's interesting. Uh, what sort of industries have been left out? Do you know? Well, certainly, you know, one of the ones that we've heard from is is uh, you know owners of of, of hair salons, um, and you know we understand that right now this is this is targeted um, appropriately appropriately towards those high risk indoor uh, congregate settings where masks cannot be worn. Um, but you know, if uh, you know if there is a need. Uh, to expand this to other businesses to ensure that their safety as well. We hope that the government uh, continues to monitor that as well as uh, whatever metrics that might be for uh, lifting some of those uh, capacity uh, restrictions indoors, of course, uh, as long as it's aligned with uh, scientific guidance from the, the medical community. You bet. Daniel, really appreciate the time with us this afternoon. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me on, Jeff.
You bet. Daniel Sefeani is with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. On day one of the vaccine uh, passport, the rollout, how did it go yesterday? And uh, to be continued as here we are in the midst of day two on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.